When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, what a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome in to the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Wednesday. What a Wednesday we have. A lot of coaches' press conferences going on. Earlier today, Bill Biedenboe met with the media, as did Roy Manning. So we'll have a little bit of that maybe before we get out. If not, uh, Matt Archibald and Jessica Cootie went out, and they've started the assistant coaches' conversations. So we'll have position previews. And I have Coach B one-on-one with Arch and Coach Beamer one-on-one with Jess. And we're slated to drop those on Friday's podcast. So if we don't get the audio from Coach Beanbow's meeting with the media by the time we get out of here, then we've got you covered on Friday. I do have one of Coach B's prized pupils in Creed Humphrey coming up later on in the program, along with standout receiver Charleston Rambo, DeLaren Turner-Yell, and Deshaun White. But we're going to kick things off with the coach. Lincoln Riley had his Zoom presser on Tuesday, so took some time. Dropping a little later today, I apologize for that, but I wanted to kind of pick out the – the, the good cuts from Lincoln Zoom, which was awesome, by the way. Coach was great. Uh, and we'll share those coming up in just a bit. We'll find out his thoughts on the quarterback competition. We'll dive into how he feels about the way things are going right now in a very young running back room. And, you know, there is a lot of, I guess the best way to put it is challenges when it comes to trying to prepare for a season in the middle of a pandemic. So we'll talk to Lincoln Riley and kind of get his perspective on how things are going 
on that front for the Oklahoma Sooners. As always, we're brought to you in part by AT&T here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. AT&T is America's best network. Academy Sports and Outdoors is the preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. And Cruise and Auto Spa, all full services are back open, and we disinfect everything as we go and before we give it back to you. Need an oil change? Cruise and Auto Spa will take care of you. You don't even have to leave your car. They're also offering free exterior washes for any health care worker. And finally, deposits for the 2020 Oklahoma men's and women's basketball season tickets are currently on sale. Call or text 405-325-2424 for more information or lock in your seats by visiting Soonersports.com. All right, let's get after it. The best of the Lincoln Riley Presser. I think the the biggest question on everyone's mind, well, outside, hey, we're going to play, we're going to have a season – is who's going to be the starting quarterback. And Lincoln Riley was asked, hey, what's the progress like? Are you, are you liking what you, you're seeing? Are you ready to make a decision? Well, you know one thing, uh, it was five years ago on Monday, 24th, whenever Lincoln Riley and, and Bob Stoops made the decision that one Baker Mayfield would start at quarterback. Now, again, the Sooners were to play on September 5th that week, but with the week pushed back, this is around that timeline. Was Lincoln ready to name a starting quarterback? Well, the answer is no, but so far, so good. Uh, yeah, no, it's been it's it's been it's been very positive with those two guys. Um, trying to trying to weigh two things, uh, you know, as we go through it. I think the first is just obviously, you know, how these guys are continuing to to perform. Um, uh, just how they're leading the groups. Just a, you know, pr- probably more normal stuff. And then also trying to gauge the how abnormal this entire uh, this entire process has been, um, and the fact that you you know you play one non-conference game and then you've got a bye week and then bam you're into the conference schedule. So I mean that's I don't know if I have an answer of how that how that changes things, but I think it's certainly a factor right now as we play it out. And so I you know it's been. I'll say this, I think it's been a little bit more difficult to look back and say, well, you know, this is, you know, kind of typically been our drop-dead date. And I I do think that's been when you've had a normal three-game non-conference schedule, a normal camp, a normal spring. I mean, it's this situation's so different that I'm trying not to look too much into the past and really look more at this situation right here. And then, uh, you know, and then those guys have been – mostly available but there's been a few days where we've had quarterbacks in that room that that have not been available and that changes it too i mean i think we're we're dealing with that at all position groups because we do have so much competition and so many position battles going on i mean we have them in every room right now and it's it's so unique in i mean we're used to having an injury here or there maybe a guy misses time but now you're talking about you know multiple guys missing a lot of time potentially and so you just got so many players at different points you've got some guys that have practiced all the way through you got some guys that have only been in you know five or six practices I mean it's just it's so all over the place and and so we're trying to again you got to work through it it is the situation but um, I think they're both playing well I think they're um, you know they moved the ball well Um, I think they're mentally both in a good place Uh, so we're going to Let's continue to evaluate them and get as many reps in them as we can and, and then, you know, evaluate the situation as a whole, including the schedule. Man, I love the explanation, too. Hey, this is around that timeline if we were dealing with a regular season. This is not a regular season. There's nothing about 2020 that is going to be regular, and there's been a lot of other 
you know, issues that they've had to deal with. A lot of competition. You know, it's not just the quarterback position. Think about the battles at wide receiver right now. Think about the battles on the defensive line at linebacker, at, at cornerback. I mean, we're we're looking for a starter opposite Trey Brown. I mean, some assume it's Trey Norwood who's been shifted over there, but you know, who's next? Is it Jaden Davis? Is it Joshua Eaton? Is it Bryson Washington? Is it one of the new guys? What's what's the depth look like at safety? So I, again, and, and I know I'm not trying to minimize it. It's important at the quarterback position, but there is a lot going on competition wise, as there is in the backfield. And Lincoln Riley talked about the job that DeMarco Murray is doing with an incredibly young room of running backs. Oh, he's doing a great job. There's a, there's a lot of energy, a lot of competitiveness in that room, a lot of talent in that room. Um, you know, a couple guys that, that know our system very, very well, and then a couple new young guys that are, that are you know, impressive and getting better quickly. So it's uh, – I mean, I'm I'm as excited about that room as I've been in any of the years we've been here. I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's got a chance to be a really good room, a really hungry room, um, and I like the way those guys are practicing. You know, the way they're 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 playing pretty complete football right now. So I think, I, a lot of confidence, and and you know, I think Coach Murray's done a really good job with them. I think that's a really key phrase: complete football, complete football. In other words. Understanding your your blocking assignments, understanding everything that goes into being a running back beyond just running the football. And in names like T.J. Pletcher, you have a guy that's been waiting for his opportunity. I mean, he's going into his junior season. Uh, Ballyhood recruit. I I think he's got a four-star guy, Marcus Major, who got hurt last year and had been, in a lot of people's minds, the, the, the hit of camp with with the way that he had performed in last year's fall camp. Again, a normal camp. But obviously caught a lot of eyes, played in the season opener, and then got hurt. Didn't really hear from him again. I mean, how about the freshman? Every single year you have a, a freshman that a lot of people lose their minds over, and understandably so. And Seth McGowan appears to be that guy. In everything that you hear about Seth McGowan, it's impressive. And let's not forget, you know, and I sometimes whenever people ask me to break down running backs, I'll forget Ramondre Stevenson just because of – you know what the expectation is for you know him not to be around at the start of the season, but whenever he gets healthy, you know it, Matt Miller is a draft guy that I follow regularly. Uh, I think he's really good. I mean, he seems like he's kind of a Chiefs homer, but I can handle that. I'm just kidding, Matt. But I mean, Ramondre Stevenson is one of the running backs on his big board right now as a draftable commodity in 2020. So that kind of that shows you the talent that they have in that room and I think it's going to be fun. You know, there's we just reeled off three four guys right there that will get a golden opportunity to you know, I don't really know if you have a bell cow. I don't know if you have one ball that uh, one guy that gets the ball 20 to 30 times anymore in college football or in football in general. Uh, but as you heard from Lincoln Riley, as excited as he's ever been at that position. All right, so we talked quarterback, we talked running back. Let's talk about preparing for outbreaks because this is something as fans we have to embrace and we have to understand is coming. We have to realize it's going to be a part of 2020, and I didn't mean to make that rhyme. But how is Lincoln Riley and this team preparing for potential outbreaks? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's something every coach in the country is thinking about right now. You know, you're and you just – I mean, what it, what it essentially becomes is you, you always have contingency plans. Um if the worst of the worst happen now, you know, the difference here is that's one, it's probably more possible than it's ever been. Not probably it is. And then 
you know, I, I think the other the other part of that is your your thought process on how far that could go. You know, like in your mind, like I'll compare, like in the past. All right, well, what happens if you know? You know, two safeties get hurt during a week, or two safeties get hurt during a game, or what? Now it's what happens if I don't have a safety even available to play. Um, period. Um, so it's the worst possible scenario is like way worse now. And so, now I think you've just had to think a little bit deeper, and we've gotten some practice on it. I mean, that's we. I'm not going to say what position, but I mean, we had a day last week. We're getting ready to do a a, uh, a scrimmage and had a COVID test and, and then come back and we lose all but one person at a position group. I mean, a major position group on the field. And we have to practice that day with a position where we have multiple players on the field at one time and we have one player. And we found out that night and then we'll get practice the next morning. And so it's we're getting kind of some on-the-job training with it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think it's for us it's been a call to every player on our roster that you've got to be willing to – to, to do whatever's called, you've got to, you know, and, and certainly it's on us to have a plan. Uh, you try to, I don't know if you can plan for all the scenarios because it could just go so deep right now. But I think you, you have as a plan to, to cover as much of it as you can, and, and we've certainly been working through that. You know, speaking of, of plans, how, how do you plan for that? You know, when you always think about injury and wanting to try to make sure that you're ready from an injury perspective, but how do you prepare when you could lose – an entire position group. I just finished up uh, as we taped this. This is why we're going a little late on a Wednesday, and I do apologize. But I just wrapped up a show on ESPNU, Sirius XM Channel 84, and I was with Ben Hartsock. And the former Ohio State player, who now, you know, bronze his horizon, covering all of college football. It, he said, this is going to be one of the more fascinating things to follow. You know, how, how do you handle this? Do you, do you go lone survivor? And do you basically have one group that practices – at 10 a.m. and then one group that practices at 3, just to make sure they're always separated. I, and again, I, we're being somewhat facetious, but that just shows you how in-depth you have to be in your plan. And then in that, how your plan can constantly change. I mean, it, this was a great question. I think this was the last question that Lincoln answered. But it was about the unique challenges that you're facing as a, as a coach during this time. I thought this was – a an amazingly in-depth answer. But then at the same time, when you think about the work that goes into some of this planning, an absolute gut punch. Yeah, I know there has been. I, I, I think the one I would say is just the amount of schedules that you go through and you end up using, you know, about 5% right now, the schedules that you create because you end up something changes the next day and you wad up that piece of paper and throw it in the trash can and start over again and knowing that's probably going to change too and you just got to handle it. And then I would say the other part is just having to account for, you know, keeping these guys separated as much as you can. I mean, not it's, it's already a lot of scheduling when you don't have to worry about all right, how many guys do we have together? How many guys do we have in this lift? Or how many guys do we have in the locker room at this time? Or in this, you know, it... That has added, I think, another layer for all coaches. And that what you put out schedules, it's it's uh, you've got to go back and look at every schedule and and are you are you separating your team enough at, at those points? And I mean, I, that may sound like not a lot, but it's every single minute of the day you got to account for them 
and make sure that they're not having a chance to group up and potentially spread this thing. And that's uh, that's that's at his challenges. So there you go. Um, wow, Lincoln Riley laying out the difficulties of planning, putting your plan in place, and then not being able to use all of it. I, I was, I am, I'm not a very good planner. I need to have a schedule, but I'm not. You know, I, for instance, Gabe Eichert. Gabe's been on the show with us, you know, very routine-oriented. If you listen to his podcast, it, I mean, he is routine-oriented. And it's going to be wake up at X time. You know, you're going to work out here. You got it, Coaches are and players are exactly the same. Gabe being a player himself, very routine-oriented. When you, when you come up with a plan, and that's the routine, and that's kind of what you're used to, and then suddenly it's like, oh, we can't do this, or hours before we have to change that. That's just – that's a gut punch, man. And you just got to learn how to roll with it. Fascinating stuff from Lincoln Riley. Okay, a couple of other quick things from Lincoln Riley, then we'll get to the unedited players, unfiltered players, press conferences. All right, so opting out has been something we've seen across the country, and Mike Parsons did it at Penn State. You had uh, the cornerback from Virginia Tech who did it, and and across college football you've seen and you've heard this happen more and more, rumors of Kennedy Brooks, which, by the way, Lincoln Riley does not talk about, but we wanted to understand exactly – what what the process is if you opt out. Are you still allowed to be around the team? Are you still allowed to be a part of practices? Fantastic perspective here from the coach. Is a has got some layers to it. Uh, essentially we've um, if if a player chooses to opt out, he's got a couple of different options and, and to not I don't I don't want to get too much in the weeds on it, but essentially what it becomes is if, if a player opts out um, and still wants to be a, a, a member of this team, practice um, you know, be around the facility, bring positive energy, help their teammates. Um, I, I'll give you a great example right now. Uh, you know, Jaden Hazelwood, um, you know, who had a lower body injury, hadn't been able to practice with us yet. You know, he's still around the team uh, because he is out there every single day. He's taking mental reps like he's getting ready to play tomorrow. He is uh, helping our young receivers. He brings energy out there. He's in every single meeting, every single walkthrough. I mean, he is totally engaged and we want those guys here um but for a player that opts out they, they've got to be as engaged as any other player in our program and if the you know if the basically if, if that's not going to happen in any way shape or form um then then they won't be able to use our facilities uh, still remain on scholarship uh, still all the academic services medical services um you know still checking in on them as a staff but you know you're obviously with the covid situation right now it's just not possible to have guys here that 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 aren't um, you know aren't totally invested in every single part of our program. And then Lincoln was asked if anyone has opted out. Um, as far as the opting out, uh, visited with kind of our leadership group, several of our you know kind of older players that, that I go to on a number of issues and their wish, and and I totally agree with it. Is we're going to keep the focus here on our guys that are here. Um, if a player does choose to opt out, then that's obviously his choice. And uh, if they want to make any announcement or do anything, that, that'll be up to the individual. Um, injury-wise, no. I mean, I think the, the those same four guys that I mentioned last time, no real change. Uh, you know, we've had a, a pretty nice stretch here where we've been able to stay pretty healthy since then. So there you go. I, I respect that. If the player opted out and – if he's no longer going to be around the team or, or going to be involved, then let, let him make that decision himself. It's not, not anything negative. 
doesn't take you know you, you can dive into it you can look at it any way you want but the leadership of the team decided hey let, let him have his moment we'll continue to grind and work forward all right two other things here from the Lincoln Riley zoom on Tuesday again we've got uh Delaren Turner yell Sean uh, Deshaun White Charleston Rambo and Creed Humphrey. I just try to say Sean White, the skateboarder. Deshaun White and Creed Humphrey coming up here in just a bit. Okay, I thought this was everything. I keep saying I thought this was good. Everything about this was really good. Um, how do you keep guys who tested positive engaged? How do you keep them staying in shape? Um, well, for, first of all, let me backtrack here a little bit. First of all, guys who test positive, make sure they stay healthy, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to put the cart before the horse here, but even players that are in quarantine that didn't necessarily test positive but through contact tracing need to be quarantined. How are you keeping those players engaged? Uh, well, on a, on a positive front, we, we had – today was a, a good day for us. I think we got either eight or nine of those guys back today, you know, which was which was nice. Um, so that that was definitely uh, definitely very helpful. Um, we've we've uh, you know it's been challenging last last week or so with you know combined the COVID t- cases the contacts and then we've had a stomach bug that's kind of been raging through I think this whole part of the country a little bit. It's knocked several of our guys out as well. So it's good to get some of those guys back today. So I would say you know now we're we're definitely under ten active cases. Um, uh, yeah, as far as for them, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, you're trying to engage them as much as we can virtually. Uh, but obviously, you know, when, when you can't have the face-to-face contact, when they're limited from what they can do from a physical conditioning standpoint, I think you do. I think you have to stay focused on the mental side of it, you know, just continuing to connect with with teammates, coaches, strength coaches, coordinators, uh, trainers, I mean, everybody. Certainly u- utilizing our pros department. Uh, there, which is which has been a big help. Um, yeah, and then I think you know when they've gotten back, we've had to we've had to watch those guys. I mean, we've had to limit the reps, uh, ease them back in. You know, we've been fortunate that you know our guys that have come back, uh, our guys that have been recoveries that were that were COVID positive, have have all bounced back pretty quickly. Uh, we haven't we haven't had a player with, with any lingering effects right now, which has obviously been a positive. Awesome news. Awesome news. And then finally from Lincoln's presser, numbers are going to tick up whenever students are back on campus. Oh, students have been back on campus for a while. Today is the third day of classes. They started on Monday. Where's his concern level as we motor towards the start of the season? I mean, it's a legitimate concern. And, and I mean, it has been for us the last few weeks because our students have been back for a while. And, uh, the only real thing that's changed now is now they're going to class. And, you know, we as a university have got to do a great job in enforcing, you know, we've set a policy that, that people have to wear masks when they're in class and on campus, and we got to enforce it. I mean, it has to happen. And if it does, you know, then that, that should not provide, you know, really any more cases from that standpoint. It's going to be, again, the social aspect of it when they're off campus, when they're in their dorms, when they're in their – at their on camp, you know off-campus apartments, you know, how good a job are our players, the student body, everybody doing? Um, and that's that's going to be the key. So, no, I mean, we're, we're definitely monitoring it. Um, was it due to my confidence of it? Um, I mean, I have more confidence in what we can control here. Uh, I, I've seen how I, I know that works. I've, I've seen that work. And so um, I'm, I'm confident that it's possible. Uh, are we going to do it? Um, are students – 
uh, local establishments, the community in general going to buy into that? I think that remains to be seen. So in other words, what's Lincoln Riley saying? Wear your mask, socially distance yourself from others. Let's make sure we put ourselves in position to play football this year and stay as safe as possible. Good stuff from Lincoln Riley. If you want to hear the full um, the full Zoom interview, it's only about 15 minutes long. We ended up spending 20 minutes because we talked about it. But you can download it at Soonersports.com. This episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Chick-fil-A. Even in these uncertain times, your Oklahoma Chick-fil-A restaurants are here to serve you. Dining rooms are closed, but where possible, you can still order from the drive-thru, the Chick-fil-A app, or from DoorDash. Did you know the NCED Hotel is less than three miles from OU and runs a game day shuttle to and from the stadium for all home football games? Learn more at cc.nced.com. And Brahms Ice Cream and Dairy Store, farm fresh for over 50 years. All right, let's hear from some players. They had a Zoom meeting with the media. These unedited, uninterrupted. We'll start with Deshaun White and the unique nature of preparing for this season. Personally, I say it's pretty difficult. Um, It is hard to, you know, commit yourself to something that you don't know whether or not it's going to happen. But I think our mindset as a team every day going into practice is just, like today is another opportunity to get better, you know, and – Heck, we're going to be this many days better um, as a football player, personally, individually, and as a team than a lot of teams in the country, whether we play now or whether we play later. So, I mean, I think that's the way most of the guys look at it. And Ryan Ager of the Oklahoman. <clears throat> yeah, Deshaun, uh, Alex Grinch talked about the other day about the, the, the scrimmage and the, the problems tackling how big of a challenge has that been preparing for a season given that you didn't have the, the level of physicality in the spring, uh, summer, and even early in camp uh, than y'all normally would? And how could that affect things here uh, early in the season? Um, I think it, it's definitely a problem that we have to circle right now, um, something that we need to take a lot more serious. But I think that um, just going through the beginning of fall camp, And like you said, not having the opportunity to get physical in the spring, um, we really haven't done a lot of tackling, full-on tackling, trying to take care of each other um, up until the scrimmage. So um, it was one of those things. This was our first time tackling in a long, long time. So I expected a lot of – I won't say I expected a lot of missed tackles, but I didn't expect the tackling to be perfect. Um, I think it's one of those things that we definitely got to key in on, and it definitely has to improve before September 12th. Eric Bailey of the Tulsa World, and then Jason Kersey. Eric? Sean, I was going to ask you, just how disciplined have the coaches asked you as players to be in terms of being careful with this virus? And then also, <clears throat> for the community, you know, just what would your message to the community be in trying to get the numbers down? Yeah, um, very disciplined, very disciplined. I, I mean, if you have your mask down for more than two seconds, like somebody's going to tell you to pull your mask up, you know. They've been on it hard. Um, and it's one of those things, like, I know even the players, we can get, like, all right, like, pull your mask up, pull your mask up. But it's one of those things, like, we want to play. Um, this is one of those things. This is just the circumstance. This is just the obstacle that we have to uh, get over. It's one of those things, like, at the end of the day, do we want to be people that allowed a mask to keep us from playing and doing or playing the game we love? So that's how I see it. Um, my message would definitely be to the community is just wear your mask, um, you know, self-distance, just be safe, you know. Um, 
anything to help us um, play this season. I think that, um, like personally, I feel like there's a lot, a lot on the line, um, especially with just, I mean, how much time we put into it. You know, the guys that, um, you know, the guys that we put into it. I mean, there's just so much we put into it. It's just one of those things. Like, um, it would be really easy if we could be you know, everyone in the community and everything and everyone did things the way we did. But unfortunately, that's not the thing. Um, but like I said, I would definitely say wear your mask. Okay, let's go to Jason Kersey of The Athletic and then John Hoover. Hey, Deshaun, I know injuries are always kind of part of the game and, and are always difficult. But when you see a bunch of guys go down, especially a guy like Caleb Kelly, <coughs> um, in addition to all the uncertainty that's going on, has that been difficult for you guys as players, and, and how have you kind of fought? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely been difficult. We've had, you know, some player meetings, some team meetings, you know, just talk through with Coach Riley with stuff like that. It was one of those things where um, it was difficult for us as a team at one point, but we, I mean, we came together as a team and we said that this is what we wanted to do, you know, and um, if this is the way we're going to do it, then there's going to be sacrifices either if we go this way or that way. You know, so we have to accept some of those sacrifices. Obviously, very torn about Caleb, you know, uh, like my best friend, my brother, you know, hands down. But it's one of those things like, um, I mean, this is what we said we wanted to do. So we've got to accept it, you know, keep rolling. And then it's one of those things like we've got to honor him. You know, we can't. That's why I think that, you know, just having the community wear masks and stuff is so important, you know, so. John Hoover of SI Sooners and then Terry Murdoch. John? Hey, Deshaun, uh, appreciate your time. Um, so I'm wondering if you guys can maybe illustrate for me some some differences um, in year one under Alex Grinch, you know, the speed <laughs> trying to learn the uh, playbook and trying to learn the calls and trying to learn his expectations. Mm -hmm. And then where are you guys at <clears throat> this year with year two and how much more comfortable you are? Yeah, well, um, I'll speak personally. Um, year one just felt like a lot of, it's like make sure you get your job done. You know, like if you're supposed to be in the C gap, be in the C gap where you're supposed to be in the C gap. If you're supposed to spill the guard, spill the guard where you're supposed to spill the guard. But I feel personally a lot this year that it's like, I feel like I'm sort of gaining my personality as a player and who I am and things that I'm really good at and stuff like that. So, um, it's not just about, you know, being in your gap. It's about being in your gap and being in the backfield two yards ready to make a play and stuff like that. So I think that um, just that shift of of mindset across the board on defense from the guys returning has been outstanding. You know, there's – I mean, there's guys popping up just making plays, you know, and guys are so hungry to make plays. And then when one person makes a play, it's just like a wildfire, like – I can't let him be the only guy that makes a play. Like it's my turn now, so I think that um, that's one of the, that's probably the thing I've been most impressed with for us as a defense is just our level of I mean just want to you know wanting to make a play and and not just focused on just doing your job anymore. Does everything seem more second nature now? Yeah, most definitely. Don't have to think about you know pre snap. Okay, which gap? Which gap? Which gap? It's like I'm this gap. Now let's play. You know. So. Thanks. Hey, Kerry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop and Sports Animal and Brandon Drum. Hey, Deshaun. Uh, did you feel like that there had to be some type of a reset when you guys came back? And the reason I ask that is 
I have to imagine a lot of guys, when you got that week off, might have heard about the Big Ten possibly canceling the Pac-12 canceling. Like, did you guys kind of <coughs> almost leave that break thinking football might be canceled when we come back? Did you need that reset to kind of say to yourselves, okay, there's really going to be a season now? Um, I would say it helped, yeah. But, um, I mean, I definitely think that going into that break, we all sort of knew that there was a chance. I mean, even still now, we know that there's still a chance that things will go through. But um, like I said, it's one of those things like we've committed to playing now. And so um, that's what that's what we expect, and that's what we're going to push forward to do. So um, if they do push off the season, then, you know, that, I mean, it'll suck. But we're prepared for now. I'm sorry. Did you feel, though, that that made a difference that the Big 12 voted, like, we're going to move forward with everybody on the team? Like, okay, now we really know the possibility is there for a season? Um, I don't know, to be honest. I don't, it's kind of hard to answer. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll go to Brandon Drum with Elite Insider and then Bob Crispillo. Hey, Deshaun, appreciate that. Appreciate you doing this. Um, Learning from K-9 last year, can you kind of walk us through everything that we're in the past couple of years? As for you being a leader, a vocal guy on the team now, um, not just, I guess, your overall play and doing as, you know, people fall on your, your, your play, but also your voice. Can you walk, like, everything that he kind of taught you through the past couple of years and kind of the things that you've taken from him and put into your game and into, I guess, your everyday practice habits and all that type of stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, I learned a lot of things, a lot of things from that guy. Um, but I think that one of the things, probably one of the most important things is just how to be a professional and how to be that guy, you know, because um, if you want to be that dude on the defense, like it comes with, you know, a lot of goods and bads. And I think that just watching him um, be, a, be a player of that level and just like have the want to to lead the defense. I think that that really stood out to me as something that I needed to grow in, you know? So um, I always knew that I was talented. I always knew that I'd figured it out now that I feel like I figured it out to a level to where I could be very productive. Now it's about bringing other guys along with me, you know? So every time I'm on the field, it's like, like our play needs to be to this level and I need to be the one that holds our play to this level. And so I think that that's definitely one of the biggest things I learned from him. Um, I, I can go on, you know, on and on about it, but that's definitely the biggest thing. Okay, let's go to Bob Brisbillo with Sooner Scoop and then Joe Bettner. Deshaun, Caleb goes out and David Aguebu moved inside. What have been your <clears throat> early thoughts about what he's been able to do in that spot? Yeah, he's um, he's doing really well. He's doing really well. He's, I mean, he's got size. He's he moves better than a lot of people probably give him credit for. I tell him that all the time. But, um, no, he moves well. I mean, he's doing really good. He's making – I mean, he has a lot of production. He's one of those guys that I feel like like we've got to find him a spot, you know, because he's just that good. And he can play so many different positions well. Um, you know, I'm excited for him to be inside. Like I said, he's making plays. He's flying around. He's picking it up really fast too. So um, definitely shout out to him. Um, I'm excited for him, though. I think it will be a good, for, a good thing for him. Okay, we'll go back to Joe Bettner, and then we'll go to Gary. Joe? Hey, Deshaun. Uh, I was curious, you know, a few weeks back when all of the players were tweeting hashtag we want to play, 
you were one of those OU guys that went vocal and you know, tweeted something along those lines. Curious what that night was like for you all as a team and what, if there was anything, went into your decision to tweet something like that, to be public with that. Um, I think it was all mostly an individual thing. Um, we had seen, I think we had got out of camp that day and sort of seen everything sort of get on Twitter and just the way things were going. And it was one of those things like, um, I wanted, at least I wanted my voice to be known that like I wanted to play, you know. And I think that it was one of those things like, not everybody's on the same page, but everybody respected each other's decisions. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Thanks. Okay, Gary, you may go to Tulsa World. Deshaun, um, when the uh, George Floyd incident occurred, I know a lot of you guys got pretty active on social media in response, uh, Justin and Chance being, I think, most obvious in terms of, of your defense. You've had things come up since then with regard to getting back to football and dealing with the virus. I'm just curious if those conversations about, you know, racial and social justice are still happening among you guys and, and how important that continues to be as you move toward a, toward an actual season. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Coach Riley started a task force on our team. So um, those are the guys that really focus in on that. Um, I'm not on that task force, but I mean, just whenever they give, I think we get like weekly updates. Um, every time they update us, it's just like, like mind blowing the things that they're going to do. Like, I mean, just like guys my age are just so advanced, you know, like Chance, Sylvie, Pat, Caleb. It's just, I mean, it's shocking to see the way these guys, I mean, the things that they're doing and the things that they're pushing for. So, um, yeah, it's most definitely still going. Um, definitely make a lot of progress, but I, I don't think I'm the best person to give you information on that. But yeah. Yeah, I appreciate your answer. Yeah. Okay, time for uh, two more. Jason Kersey again. Yeah, hey, Deshaun, after uh, Kenneth left, I think a lot of people thought he might move into the mic spot. Can you give us an idea of where you're playing right now? <laughs> Everywhere. I mean, I, I've i always played Mike and Will, I mean, since I've been here. And I think that I still get probably about even reps of both. I think it's one of those things we're probably still figuring out just which is best for, you know, what we've got in our room. But, I mean, I know both in and out. I'm comfortable with both. So, I mean, whichever it is, I'll be ready to go. And our last question will be from Lee Benson with KWTV. Hey, Sean. This is a simple question, but you've talked about it a couple times already, like how badly you want to play this fall. And knowing that a couple conferences are playing this fall, they're trying to play in the spring. Keep all that in mind. Just what does football mean to you? And not just the game, but everything that comes along with the game, the football. Yeah, um, it's it's fun, you know. It's freedom. Um, it's opportunity to be. It's opportunity to chase being the best at something, which is rare, you know. Um, I mean, but on top of that, it's just. I mean, it's so fun, you know. You're with your friends. It's just. What's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I don't know, it's in my head somewhere, but I mean, yeah, it's just, it's something that I know, like, I will be happy and at the top, you know, just the most joy in my heart playing football. And I think that that's, that's where my decision came from. It was really simple for me. Like, I mean, I just want to play football. You know? From Deshaun White to Captain Creed Humphrey, I assume he'll be a captain again. And obviously, each guy kind of laying out the unique nature of what they're going through here and preparing for 2020. Yeah, you know, uh, 
it's definitely been a weird time for sure. You know, a lot of uncertainty going around and everything. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, this team is – we have a lot of goals this season. You know, we have a – we believe we have a really talented team and believe we can really make a lot of uh, a lot of noise in, in the country this year. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of like a team thing of we've done too much this year to not play. You know, uh, we, we we understand the risks and everything. We understand what, what could come with it, but – at the end of the day, uh, you know, this team wants to play and uh, we're going to do whatever it takes. And, uh, you know, with our training staff and everybody, they put together great protocols for us to, you know, stay as safe as we can. So uh, we have we have uh, they have our complete trust and we're going to we're going to uh, we definitely want to play the season. Thanks, Creed. We'll go to Ryan Aver of the Oklahoman and then Eric Bailey. Yeah, Creed, sort of along those lines, did you give any thought to the, the potential of opting out and, and and why or why not? And what's it like practicing in a mask, especially for an offensive lineman? Yeah, no, there was, there was never really any thought of me opting out. You know, uh, I came back to play this fall. So that's, you know, that's, that's my goal. And that's what I plan to do no matter what. So I never really thought about opting out or anything. As far as the mask go, you know, uh, the first couple of practices, it was a little bit to get used to for sure. But, uh, you know, as the practices go on, you get a lot more used to it, and uh, it's really not – it's not too bad anymore. You know, you really don't even think about it during practice or anything, so. Eric Bailey of the Tulsa World, and then Lee Benson. Creed, we just got done talking a little bit to Deshaun, and he talked about just how disciplined the coaches are making you guys be. As a team leader, how important is it for you to really keep your teammates accountable and on track – with uh, making sure they do everything they can do to stay away from this virus. Yeah, you know, it's extremely important, you know, for uh, leaders on this team to really, you know, step up and police it ourselves along with the coaches because uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, if they hear a leader talking about it and being so serious about it, then uh, they, they're, they're going to be much more inclined to follow it too. So not only are they hearing it from the coaches, but they're also hearing it from other players and uh, their leaders. So it's very important for uh, you know guys on this team that are leaders to step up and really please it. Thanks, Creed. Big Benson with KWTV, and then Jason Bursey. Hey, Creed, I got kind of a, a big picture type question to ask you. You know, being a local kid, you know, when, whenever you signed on at Oklahoma, you, you excel here, become one of the team leaders. Is, is that about what you expected whenever you signed on to, to play at Oklahoma? <laughs> uh, man, it was. It's been a dream of mine to be able to, you know, come in and play and contribute as a player on this team my whole life. So, you know, whenever as soon as I, you know, got that offer and committed and came in here, man, that was that was of course my goal. Now uh, the way things unfolded, you know, uh, I got to step into that role fast. You know, uh, probably faster than I thought I would. But, uh, you know, I was really excited about that. You know, it's a dream come true. And, you know, uh, not many kids, you know, get this opportunity to be playing for their dream school, you know, their dream team. So it's, you know, it's been it's been awesome. One quick follow-up. Uh, you said that you took that role or had a chance maybe quicker than you thought you'd, you would. Uh, what happened there? Why, why is that? Why do you think you got that shot earlier than maybe you thought you would? Uh, really just committing myself to being the best player I could be every day. You know, I came in here and I was just, my, my mind was made up that no matter what day it is, no matter how I'm feeling about that day, anything like that, I'm going to come in and give it my all. 
So, uh, you know, it's one of those things I didn't want to let myself down in that. And then also, you know, I don't want to let the team down and me not, you know, giving my full effort every day. Because then, you know, if I don't give my full effort, it's not only hurting me, but it's also hurting the whole team. So that's one of my biggest things is, you know, I'm going to come in and give full effort every, in everything I do every single day, no matter how I feel. Jason Percy with the Athletic, and then John Hoover. Hey, Creed. Um, you know, during the spring, Lincoln had said that despite you guys playing pretty well most of last year, it wasn't up to your standards. And I'm wondering, do you feel like with this group that you have coming back that you are going to meet those standards this year? And, and so how do you feel about the group uh, at this stage? Yeah, you know, this group uh... – this group has, you know, as much talent as a group I've been around since I've been here. Man, we have some amazing players. We have really good depth this year. You know, uh, we have a lot of guys with experience now, and they know, you know, how the games are going to go, you know, what they need to do to prepare for games now. So, you know, I, I can really see us having a huge step this year and really being, you know, a great unit for sure and me really meeting those standards. John Hoover with SI Sooners and then Kerry Murdoch. Hey, Creed, um, to kind of a follow-up on that question, um, back in the, when the spring football started, Lincoln uh, told us that there were probably going to be possibly wholesale changes across the front. Um, and, and what I'm wondering is Oklahoma's one of the few teams in the country that can say we're returning all five starters. How are those, how are those changes kind of playing out in preseason so far? How's the, the chemistry going, guys maybe experimenting at different positions, that kind of thing? You know, it's been good. You know, uh, at the end of the day, Coach B is going to play, you know, the five guys that he thinks can, he, that they can put out, you know, the best unit. So, uh, and no matter how it goes, you know, we're going to be fully, you know, fully approved of that. So, uh, you know, we're really, really excited. You know, everybody in this group isn't, you know, a selfish guy. So they understand that, you know, if they might get passed up, then, you know, that's for the team. But, uh, Everybody's really been, you know, busting their butts all fall camp. You know, we've had a lot of great competition, and it's been awesome. You know, there's been a lot of improvement this fall camp. Thanks. Okay, uh, Kerry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop and the Sports Animal, and then James Hale. Kerry? Hey, Kerry, how you doing? Um, I'm curious, you know, you guys come back from that week off, and everybody kind of, when you left, everybody kind of predicted it was going to be doomsday for college football. I'm curious, from your perspective, is it since the team has returned, since the Big 12 has said, okay, we're going to move forward and try and play a season, has that created a chance for everybody to kind of reset and, and dedicate themselves maybe to, to practicing in, in the season and, and everything that goes into it just being 100% in? Yeah, you know, uh, our mentality this whole fall camp has been, you know, we're planning on playing. So we're going to come in and we're going to, you know, bust our butts every single day like we're going to have a season. And once the news came out, you know, that we are planning to go ahead, the Big 12 is planning to go ahead, you know, that it really didn't come as like a big, oh, crap, now we got to, you know, start busting our butts. We were already doing that before. So we were all, you know, really excited. But uh, we were treating it like business as usual. You know, we are going to come in and, you know, work our tails off and get after it, you know, improve every single day. And that's how it's been. And it's been really good so far. So... James Hale with KREF and then Brandon Drum. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. And Creed, thanks for coming on. Creed, last year you had a block against Neville Gallimore. He's just drafted in the third round. Now going to play with the Dallas Cowboys this year. 
Tell us about the new guys, Perrion Winfrey, Kelly, uh, Ellis. Uh, those are some of the new guys you're battling now in practice every day. Uh, what kind of competition has it been and how formidable have they been? Oh, they've been great. You know, uh, they've been guys that have really bought into the system. You know, they really bought into Coach Grinch and what he preaches. So they've been, they've been doing a great job. You know, they came back in great shape, and uh, you know, they came back. You could tell they were studying too. So they've been doing a great job. You know, and uh, they're doing. They're gonna. Uh, I can see them doing pretty good this year for sure. I think they're gonna have a great year. I'm really excited to watch them. Thanks. Hey, Brandon Brown with OU Insider, and then Caleb McCory. Agreed. Uh, he's from being the uh, youngster to the uh, to the old man on the in the unit now. Um, you got a several guys returning, obviously on the line. But as far as the young guys that came in, is there several guys that have kind of stood out to you? Yeah, you know they've all been doing a great job. You know, uh, during you know that quarantine period where we weren't up here, we got to you know do a lot of film with them. You know, really get in the playbook and dive deep into that with them. So. You know, they came in probably uh, more mentally ahead of where they would have been if they didn't have that time, honestly. So, uh, you know, they came in. Uh, there really hasn't been too much of a drop-off of, you know, them not really knowing what they're doing or anything like that. They've came in, uh, you know, pretty much knowing what to do on every play. So it's been good. You know, uh, there's been – really all of them have done a great job. You know, it's really exciting to see. You know, they came to this program to – you know, continue the tradition of having such a great offensive line, you know, having the great, the best offensive line in the country. So uh, they really bought into that, and they've been working their tails off. Okay, Caleb McCory with OU Daily, and then Myron Patton. <coughs> Hello, Fried, uh, over the past six months, especially with the uncertainty of the 2020 season, what have you and your teammates been doing about preserving mental health? How important has that been to you guys? Uh, that's been a huge thing for sure. You know, uh, with everything that's been going on this year, that can be really mentally draining for everybody on this team. So that was one thing, you know, as a leadership group, we wanted to focus on is, you know, just making sure everybody is, you know, feeling well mentally, because that can be such a what's, you know, what's happened throughout all the events that have happened in 2020 can be very mentally draining on a team. So, uh, that was one of the biggest things we wanted to focus on for sure. You know, they've done a, uh, we've done a great job as leadership guys. You know, we've done a great job of, you know, really just checking in on everybody, you know, and everybody's been checking in on every single person in this team. You know, it hasn't just been me checking with the offensive line guys. You know, it's been a guy like D. White, you know, a guy like uh, Delaney Internal Yale, different guys like that, you know, just checking in with every single group. It hasn't been just, you know, I'm going to stick to my group and that's it. It's been everybody checking on everybody. So, I think that's really brought us a lot closer as a team, for sure. And, uh, you know, doing something like that is, you know, it's really important, though, uh, because, like I said, it can be very – what's happened is, you know, throughout all of 2020 has been – it's been a crazy year. So that's one of the things that we highlighted as a leadership group was to make sure that, you know, we were checking in on everybody's, you know, mental state, for sure. Thanks, Creed. Yep. Our last two questions for Creed will go to Myron Patton with Fox 25 and Sam Conn. Yeah, Corey, uh, when you started moving to the starting lineup, you were kind of the new guy with Orlando Brown and those guys. Last year, you were kind of the guy that kind of, I guess, would hold guys' hands, so to speak. You, you were the veteran. Now you guys have played together. Just kind of talk about your role and leadership, how it's gone from when you started to now, and uh, just how things are going. 
Yeah, you know, uh, my mentality of, you know, when I first, you know, started playing to now hasn't really changed too much. I'm going to, you know, be that guy that leads by example. I'm going to give it my all every practice, you know, and I'm going to make sure people are seeing that. And, you know, if people aren't doing what they're supposed to do, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on them and try to bring them up for sure. So uh, it really hasn't changed too much from whenever I was the young guy to now. You know, everybody around here is a mature guy. You know, they all want to be the best that they can be. So they've been, you know, pretty – uh, they've been pretty uh, good about that anyways. But uh, so I haven't really had to do too much of that. You know, just it's been about the same as it has been since I started here. Okay, last one to Sam Kahn. Hi, Creed. Appreciate your time. I'm curious, during the time when you guys were not on campus and, and you were having to, you know, do your own workouts during quarantine, I guess, what do you do from a, from a skill standpoint when, when you don't necessarily have someone to work out with or – you know, someone to go up against one-on-one, things like that. As a lineman, what do you do during that time? Yeah, you know, we have uh, we have drills that we did every single day, and uh, we made sure everybody was doing it. You know, we'd have people sending videos and things like that just to make sure everybody was getting their work in. But, you know, we had plenty of drills to do every single day, things like that, you know, just working on steps, working on, you know, hand placement, things like that. Uh, and we'd, we had a big emphasis on that during that time off because we didn't, you know, have that, we didn't really get that, you know, thing of everybody being in one place where we could all do it together. So we had to make sure everybody was, you know, on top of that for sure. Because we do drills like that every single day when we're together. So that was a that was a big thing. But, uh, you know, just everybody was sending in videos. So everybody knew they were getting their work in. I think Creed's a stud, man. I, I'm so happy that it was never a question for him to, to opt in and play. I think he's going to have a fantastic season. And I think when all is said and done, he's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft and have a long NFL career. Love that dude, Shawnee product, Creed Humphrey. DeLaren Turner-Yell is a returning starter. Trouble in the secondary, and, you know, it's been a lot of uncertainty for this team in preparation. How has he handled the challenges? I mean, pretty much like you said, the, the uncertainty of what's been going on has kind of made the, um, the transition, you know, back into football kind of difficult and things like that. But with the coaching staff and the people we have around us, being able to handle things the correct way has made, it, made the uh, transition much easier. Okay, we're going to go to Ryan Aber of the Oklahoma and then Jason Kersey. Ryan? Yeah, Delirian, how are you feeling physically, and what was the biggest challenge as you come back uh, from that injury, especially given sort of the, the much different nature of this offseason? Uh, pretty much with us being able to, you know, uh, go home and, you know, get away from it a little bit because of, you know, the virus, the way it moved in, things like that. I was just able to do do more rehab, you know, so it kind of made it much easier because I got to do extra rehab on top of, you know, coming back. And with me with me doing rehab and without, without any physical contact, that just made it much easier. Hey, uh, Jason Kersey of The Athletic and then Caleb McCory. Jason? Uh, hey, Delarian. Uh, um, you know, Coach Grinch talked the other day to us about how the injuries piling up, you know, have really been difficult. And I'm just wondering, especially with Caleb Kelly, how, how that affected you guys' morale, especially with all the uncertainty about the season. Was that was that a difficult thing? Uh, well, you know, anytime someone goes down, that's always difficult. I mean, with it being Caleb Kelly, you know, with his senior year, and also with him having, you know, that that same injury in the past year, it kind of made it kind of made it difficult. But the guys that are behind him uh, in the linebacker room and things like that. 
they're they're stepping up to the job, and so it's, it's really not not much of a drop off with him not being on the field. Hey, Caleb McCory with OU Daily, and then Lee Benson. Caleb, hey, Larian, uh, wondering, uh, is it a lot? Di- is it is it really difficult to practice with a mask? And what's been the whole experience with the team and and practicing when you're when you're quarantined like this? Right. Um. I mean, n- none of us have ever played a game of football with a mask over our face. It's all new to everyone. So, you know, the first few weeks, you know, with us coming back and, you know, having to train with a mask and things like that, I would say it was pretty difficult. But with us, you know, doing it every single day, we kind of got used to it as a unit. So everyone is handling that in the right way. Okay, let's go to Lee Benson with KWTV and then Brandon Drum. Lee? You kind of touched on this a little bit at the start, but you know, as a media guy and as a fan of college football, it's been kind of tough this offseason with the, you know, will they play, won't they play? And I'm sure for you, it's been even worse knowing that you're a player. So whenever the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC all said they're going to move forward, what did that? Uh, what was your reaction to that? And for you, was it a, kind of a breath of, of fresh air knowing that your preparation, you're still, you know, planning, it doesn't go for not, you're still planning to play a season? Right. Um, you know, like you said, with me being a football player and things like that, you know, we'll always be excited to, you know, play the game of football. And I feel like the, the biggest thing, not a, not even only for our conference or anything like that, the biggest thing for us is that we need to be able to take things day by day because <clears throat> we don't know, you know, just, just like they said that we, we're playing and moving forward, they can come back and say, well, we want to move it to the spring. So right now we just have to take advantage of the days that we do have and make the most of them. Okay, we'll go to Brandon Drum with OU Insider and then John Hoover. Brandon? Hey, DTY, I uh, appreciate you doing this. Uh, just about, I guess, your uh, leadership roles and everything that's gone on, I guess, with having to stop, start, and do all that stuff. How have you all, I guess, come together as a team? Uh, how difficult has that? I know you all talked about the transition being hard, but how difficult is it as far as not just the playing side, but the mental side of everything as well, just as a complete unit. Right. Uh, pretty much like I just said, you know, the with the unit or the team taking the situation day by day, things like that, that's, that's, that's uh, making it much easier for us because we can't worry about the future if we don't take care of the day. So as, as long as we keep taking it day by day and things like that, we'll be good. John Hoover with SI Sooners and then Kerry Murdoch. John? Hey, Larry, thanks for your time today. Um, I want to ask you about uh, year two and speed D. Year two and, uh, you know, you, you're much more familiar with Alex Grinch and his expectations. You're much more familiar with uh, with the system and what, you, what your job is and what everybody's role around you is. What can you tell me about how you guys are progressing in the second year under Alex? Um, pretty, pretty much like, um, coach Grinch stated in the interview earlier in this week, um, you know, not being able to coach the same guys, you know, because like you just said, you know, guys should know their job and, you know, know the, uh, what people are doing around them and things like that. So now it just comes down to a playmaking mindset and, you know, the, the speed D uh, we're based on, uh, based off takeaways. So, so we got to be big on that. Being, being able to do your job, but not also do your job, be able to finish at the end of the play and coming down with the ball. Okay, 
impressed you among the young guys at the defensive back position, maybe specifically the safeties, but uh, as corners as well? Who jumps out at you among the young guys? Uh, you know, we have a we have a, a great group of young guys right now. Uh, if I if I had to give you a few names, it'll be uh, mainly uh, Bryson Washington and um, DJ Graham. You know, those guys are coming out <clears throat> ready to learn each and every day and just producing, and and that's exactly what we need on the back end. Yes, sir. We'll go to Kerry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop and the Sports Animal, and then Bob Crisbill. Kerry? Hey, Delarian. Uh, you and, and Pat had to play so many plays last year. Um, I'm curious, without having a, a spring, is there more that you, you try and do with guys like Woody and, and, and younger guys to kind of help bring them along? And do you have to put more effort into that because you did miss that spring practice? And, and I know you wouldn't have been playing, but just having this kind of compressed timeline that you're in. Right. Um, you know, you know, with the, the time that we're in right now and not being able to have spring ball, we just had to be able to take advantage of the, you know, Zoom calls or just studying film. Because once you see something on film, you know, those guys can look at something that, you know, they've messed up on in the past and just, you know, even if they were back home or if they were here in Norman, just working on that each and every day, just improving on the things that they need to improve on. And I feel like that, that is one of the, the key things that they could have used to help them with us not being able to practice. And speaking of depth, how good is it having Trey Norwood back with you guys? Uh, always, it's always good when, whenever you can have a guy like Trey Norwood back, you know, a guy that's always going to produce on the back end and things like that. So I'm, I'm excited to see, see what he can uh, do for us this year. Thanks, Larry. You're welcome. We'll go to Bob Prisbillo with Sooner Scoop and then Garrett Enig. Bob? Yeah, you mentioned some of the young guys. I want to talk in particular Bryson Washington. What what did he bring to the table coming in during the mid-year and, and how has he progressed during the first couple of weeks of camp? Well, I mean, back in the spring, we only got to have one practice. So, you know, he was just getting his feet wet. But a big jump that I can say just based off that one practice, you know, seems like the time that we were at home, he took time to you know study film and get get acquainted with the um, with the playbook, because whenever we came back, you know it was right back into fall camp. You know we were going, and he he hasn't had you know a lot of mental errors or things like that 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 you that you would see from a young guy coming in. So it looks like that he you know he took the time to sit down and learn the playbook and and go out there and be able to make the right calls. Okay, let's go to Garen Emig of the Tulsa World. Yeah, good to see you, Delarian. Uh, do you do you know anybody who has uh, who has contracted the uh, the virus in, in your family, close friends, that kind of thing? Uh, I, back home, yes, I have a, a aunt that ended up getting it, but I mean, she she's over it now. So, was 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 any of her symptoms serious, or was it was it a fairly routine situation for her? Uh. It was kind of, you know, I had to, like, call and find out because I was up here. But if I can recall right, you know, the symptoms kind of came in pretty heavy, but it was only for a few days. It wasn't anything that was, like, long-term, anything like that. Okay, that's cool. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, back to Brandon Drum. Yeah, T.Y., you guys talked about, you know, not Coach Grimm said not wanting to coach the same person, and you said the same thing for you. 
what does that mean in your mind as far as the difference between 2019 DeLarian Turner Yale and 2020 version? Right. Um, 2019, you know, DeLarian Turner Yale and Speed D, you know, year one together. So that I feel like that year was, you know, based on, you know, getting the playbook, just based on doing your job, you know, the entire time, just doing your job, doing your job, doing your job. 2020 DeLarian Turner Yale, you already know the playbook, you know the scheme, you know what guys are doing around you. So 2020 DeLarian Turner Yale needs to do his job and also not do his job, but finish the play. So uh, going back to takeaways and things like that, like not only should I cover a guy, but I should come down with the football. Okay, we got time for a couple more. We'll go back to Jason Kersey and then Lee Benson. Jason? Yeah, um, you sort of alluded to it right there, but last year takeaways were such a big thing that were talked about throughout the preseason. And I know how important that is to, to Coach Grinch. Why do you think they didn't come the way you expected last year? And what are you guys doing to, to try to make that happen more this year? Um, pretty much, like I said, uh, 2019, we were just so set on just doing our job. Like, if it came down to, you know, you leveraging, you know, holding your leverage and the ball coming to you, we were just so stuck on, you know, leveraging the ball and, you know, making the tackle. But now coming back, coming back, I mean, if, if you want to make, an, make a career in this game, then, then you need to have the football for, as a defensive unit. Like, you need to get the ball back. And that also helps you win game. So I feel like if we're going to do our job, we need to be able to, exceed doing our job and being able to get the ball back. Because like you said, we kind of failed last year at getting the amount of takeaways that we wanted. And I feel like that's why, you know, certain games were close and things like that. And because with you getting the ball back, that can really determine the ball game. Thanks, man. And our final question will be from Lee Benson. Hey, DeLarian, this is a simple question, but considering two other conferences are playing this fall, they're hoping to play in the spring, <laughs> And, and you guys in the ACC and SEC are, are proceeding right now. Just what does football mean to you, just the game, and also just in the sense of everything that comes along with the game of football? Right. I mean, to be honest, football football means the world to me. I mean, if it didn't, I wouldn't, you know, be in a position that I am today. So I feel like uh, if, if, you know, those guys feel the exact same way, then, you know, let's play ball. And it, I'll also go back to saying that, you know, we need to take things day by day. Like, we can't get to thinking, you know, well, in the future they might cancel or things like that because when you start doing things like that, you know, days tend to go by you. And in the game of football, you know, the way we need to prepare, we can't allow days to go by us. And then finally, Charleston Rambo is being counted on to step up and be a leader for this team in 2020. Uh, no more C.D. Lamb, no more Marquise Brown. This is all the Charleston Rambo show with a bunch of young guys around him. And the junior's ready. Yes, sir. You know, it just comes with being the older guy. You know, people still, okay, he's been here longer, so he needs to step up, be a leader, you know, lead the young guys. So that's what we've been doing. You know, we ha we haven't had much time together because it's coronavirus. But, I mean, the time we do have, we we initiating that, you know, leading the young guys. So, yeah, we I'm embracing that. Ryan Aver of the Oklahoman, and then Jason Kersey. Yeah, Charleston, what's your feelings about uh, at least going into the season as the, the number one receiving option? How much different does that feel from 
the last couple of years where you've had you know guys like CD ahead of you and what are some of the, the th steps that you've made in your game that makes you feel like you're ready for this? Just my my blocking, you know, I'm being more physical blocking, um, some of my presence there, crack blocking, um, you know, making big plays, leading the younger guys, seeing the younger guys make plays, you know, we just coming in as a whole. We looking more fuller as the as fall camp goes. Okay, let's go to Jason Kersey of the Athletic and then James Hale. Yeah, Charleston, I'm just wondering your your um, thoughts on uh, Theo Howard and OB, a couple of transfer guys who have come in. What what do you see from those guys uh, so far, and how how much do you think they can help? Um, you know, the pieces that we brought in, Theo, OB, those guys, those guys are some they, they're some playmakers. You know. One on one period, they're making plays, and we need to transfer over team period. But the the plays they do make, I can see in the game. Like, okay, yeah, we can use those guys. James Hale with KREF, and then John Hoover. Hey, Charleston, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. I can tell by looking at you, Charleston, that you're <laughs> thicker. You you know you're bigger than you were. Um, you know, you came in, you were a speed guy, and you're still a speed guy, I know. Uh, this year, you know, talk about what development you hope to bring to the field this year and how much better of a receiver you think and, and in what areas do you think you're going to be better at? Um, areas I think I feel better at is my yak, you know, getting the ball, getting up field. I feel more confident getting the ball, tucking, getting up field, seeing the awareness, you know. Now I can see the defense, you know, things just coming all together. It's just like, okay, yeah, now it's time to get right. But like I said before, we all come together. We're looking fuller as the fall camp ends and going into school. But, yeah, it's there. Thanks. Hey, John Hoover with SI Sooners and then Kerry Murdoch. Hey, Charleston, uh, appreciate your time. So we talked to Dennis Simmons, and he said that uh, we get this question every year, new quarterback, whoever it is, new quarterback, how's it changed? And he said, from a receiver's perspective, it doesn't matter. We go out, we catch the balls. But I'm wondering if you can maybe help help us understand some of the, the differences, the idiosyncrasies that, that you go from Kyler to Jalen to the guys this year. Maybe the cadence is a little different. Maybe the ball spins a little differently or arrives a little quicker. Just little little things that you have to pick up on as a receiver. Um, you know, new quarterback is just this arm strength still there, accuracy still there. <laughs> I could just say different signal way, different way they call the signals. Uh, but other than that, Tanner Mordecai, Chandler, Spencer, they're all they're all guys that can throw the ball. So we receivers, so we 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 catching any ball, uncatchable ball behind us, above us, below us, we just there to catch the ball. So regardless who's throwing the ball, we're going to go get it. Can you elaborate on the, what you're talking about with the signals, how that changes? Um, you know, it's just different ways. Uh, Kyler might heal my signal it this way. Um, I mean, it's just it's in the it's in the room type, but just signal callers, that's it. Nothing different. I mean, he can. They all can throw the ball. So, 
Other than that, we just focus on just getting the signal, translating that to the field, getting the play in. Gotcha. Thank you. Hey, Terry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop and Sports Animal, and then Bob Prisbillo. Hey, Charleston. Um, you know, this, you've seen the lineage here at wide receiver, D.D., or start with Sterling Shepard, D.D. Westbrook, uh, Hollywood, uh, C.D., how much of that is in your mind that you know you could be looked at like that if you go, you know how much was that through that through the offseason working hard motivation whatever for you that that you could reach that level you know people could look at you that way with a good CD here yeah i mean that's motivation you know CD that's my that was my roommate so just seeing him go through the process i mean it's just eye opening and uh just knowing i can do that next and like whole off season, everything I did was gameplay. What I can do, it everything just translates to the field on the game game day. So, I mean, just seeing them do it, go to their camp, talking on Facetime with them, or in our group chats, they giving their cues. You know, you know. So we just stay locked in. You know, keep keep my head up, keep my head on right, this and that, and. Um, they just always there. You know, I talked to BD before, but just knowing what they did and me being the next guy up, I just see that, okay, yeah, it's time. CD talks to you about that a lot? Yes, sir. Just like you next type, you know. Um, yeah, you know, that's my guy. Appreciate that, Charles. Okay, Bob Prisbillo with Sooner Scoop and then Myron Patton. Charleston, yeah, you came in high, uh, highly touted, right? And then you redshirted that first year. When you look at Jaden, Theo, Trajan, they didn't redshirt, but they didn't play as big a role perhaps last year as, as they would have thought. Did you have to say anything to them and kind of show them that you're an example that sometimes, you know, you just wait, you wait your time, the patience will pay off? Yeah, you know, those guys are not, they're not young no more, but they know what it is. They know it's time to get right. But um, we talk about that, just being ourselves, bringing energy to the group, uh, patting each other on the backs, you know, bringing each other up. Let us, let's, let's just make plays as a group. One make a play, the next one make a play. We just try to compete against each other. We'll go to Myron Patton with Fox 25 and then Brandon Drum. Myron? Charles, you talk about uh, being that guy. Is there a certain mental makeup you got to have to be that guy? Like when it's third and eight and everybody in the stadium think the ball's coming to you or fourth down and the big play is needed. Is there a certain mental state that you have to go to from being maybe the second guy on that totem pole to being the number one guy? Just knowing now that every ball or any ball can come to you, you know, so – Regardless, I'm running every route to get open, you know. So just having that mindset, oh, I'm going to kill this DB. He can't stop me. Just having that mindset, come out the ball. Even when I'm blocking, he's not getting a tackle on the running back. So just having that mindset, stepping forward. Okay, and Myron Patton with OU Insider. Hey, Charleston, appreciate you doing this. Um, you 
you came in, I guess, a, a little bit during 2018, then you had a couple big plays during the Orange Bowl, kind of your coming out party. Uh, then you did the pro day where everybody kind of saw you running. Uh, the process for you following Hollywood, CD, and now it's your turn. Um, has it seemed like a long ride for you or has it gone by really fast? Uh, how has this process been for you? Um, um, it's been interesting, you know, different from other guys, you know, everybody got their different roles, but me sitting back when I redshirted, I learned a lot. I don't take that for granted. I learned a lot that year and just building up that next year behind Hollywood. And then the next year after that, me starting, you know, it's just all come together. So learn, just seeing those guys do their thing, I'm just implementing their, what they did in their games, implement, implementing that into my game, you know, all together as a whole. So, yeah. Okay, we'll go back to Myron Patton with Fox 25. Yeah, Charleston, you've been here a while. Uh, have you given any thought that you guys play, you may not have a packed stadium, may not have, you may have 20%, 25 whatever, may not have any fans or whatever. Have you given thought to that and what that might be like? What do you think that'd be like? I mean, I see in, in the NBA, their bubble, virtual fans, you know, football is kind of different. We have a lot more fans, but Regardless, no fans or which fans, teammates, we're gonna we're we're our biggest fans, you know. Sideline's gonna be hyped regardless. So if it's gonna be our sideline against their sideline, our sideline's gonna win, you know. But we're not too worried about the fans, but I mean the fans come in, that's gonna play a different role and that's gonna bring, I guess, <laughs> more interest to the game or a bigger impact, I guess, but we're not too worried about the fans coming, but I mean, that's gonna be a plus if they can't come. Okay, we will go, we've got time for two more here. We'll go to um, Ryan Aver. Yeah, Charleston, uh, what's it like wearing a mask in practice? And are there any challenges with that you foresee, whether it's in practices or games, as far as like, communication, things like that? Yeah, I see um, our training staff different from other people's training staff. You know, other people, they're not wearing masks during helmets. But here we're wearing it for protection, you know, COVID reasons. But the only thing is, like, you know, when it get wet, you got to wring out the sweat, put it back on, you know. But we've been wearing it for so long, we, we kind of got used to it, you know. So it's just... You want to play ball, you know, just wear the mask, be safe, protect each other, and be there for each other. So we just wear that mask, and it's cool. Okay, our last question of the day will be from Lee Benson with KWTV. Hey, Charleston, I've been, I've been kind of asking all you guys this, this same question. Um, you know, knowing that a couple conferences are playing this fall, you're going to try to play in the spring, I know that, but knowing that you all are, are going to give it a go or try to give it a go in the ACC and the SEC. Uh, just for you, how, how important is football as a game? And, and not just like the sport, but things that come along with it. And then, you know, maybe for somebody like you who, you know, this season could potentially 
refine or, or help you, you know, get to the next level at, at a certain spot. So, I mean, how important is it for you to, to have the, you know, the game of football right now? You know, it's it's very important, you know, but a lot of guys just stay way out. You know, a lot of guys just stay away from other other bad decision making. You know, this is just football is just a whole different life. You know, a lot of people don't see what football players go through to like put on to do this on the field. You know, we we sacrifice a lot. So just being able to play the game, I'm gonna continue to play. You know, that's why I'm not opting out or nothing. So I mean. I love the game of football. It's just, it's always been there, you know, so why not keep going? All right, a lot of football from the Lincoln Riley presser recap to hearing from Creed Humphrey to Laren Turner Yell to Sean White and Charleston Rambo. We're getting excited for football. So let's get excited for our classic broadcast. Here's what's on tap, presented by Jason's Deli right there on Ed Noble Parkway. That's 950 Ed Noble Parkway in Norman. Open from 10A to 9P for curbside pickup. You can order online at jasonsdeli.com or from DoorDash. All right, tomorrow on the Sooner Sports Podcast Classic Broadcast, finally the jump-around game has come to the Classic Broadcast platform. We've already done the jump-around game as part of our uh, football flashback show, but Bob Berry, Merv Johnson, and an electric Trent Smith on the sidelines for the jump-around game. That's tomorrow night. And then on Saturday, this I, I listened back to this game, editing this last night. Such an underrated, great game. 2017, Oklahoma at Kansas State. Rodney Anderson, game winner. You won't want to miss it. Make sure you're subscribed to Soonersports.com slash podcast. And that's what's on tap, presented by Jason's Deli. Hey, coming up on Friday, you'll hear from Bill Beanbow and Shane Beamer as we start to dive into our position previews, plus Toby Rowland and Joe Castiglione, all coming up on Friday's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, have a great start to your weekend, hopefully, and Boomer Sooner, everybody. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.